Well, good morning. Today we have a very special day. Not only is it the first day of Lent, but today we have with us uh, RCA, RCIA uh, people, people who have either are choosing or are in the process of choosing or have chosen to come into our church and to be baptized or to, if they're already baptized, for them to then become uh, into the fullness of the faith with confirmation and the other sacraments. Would all of you who are doing this and your sponsors please stand up? Give them a hand. This is what it's all about, my brothers and sisters. This is what we're all supposed to be doing all year long, getting this class as big as we can. And we've certainly had a, a lot of evangelization going on. Praise be Jesus Christ. Today we are in the first day of Lent. And so let's talk about these readings today. First of all, we, we practice Lent like an athlete goes to a special camp. Like, let's say you were a, a lineman, and um, it was your job to, um, to protect the quarterback at all costs. There are specialized clinics, specialized times, specialized moving. There's video and everything to make sure that you can protect the quarterback or the running back enough to be able to get through the line or make that pass. It's a time where they focus on what is needed to keep the defense off of their intentions. This analogy works for us during Lent because Lent is a special clinic of 40 days where you and I learn to fight off the, the temptations of Satan. Just like Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God, was tempted by Satan in an unrelenting level, you and I suffer from that reality as well. We all know. So why Lent? Because the church wants to teach us the greatest technique that we can have to protect our faith. And that technique is fasting, denying the body, saying, I'm in charge. The mind is in charge of this body. Now, don't look at me. I realize I fail. But, all right, I mean, and that's, that's why, praise Jesus, for Lent, I might lose the weight. We have to discipline this body. We have to take over this mind and say, no, 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 no. I understand that I am in control, and it is my responsibility to guard and garner my faith. We also do almsgiving, which is one of the most important things that we can do, because if you're like me, what you do is you find a tremendous amount of security in your money. I, I look at that 401k at the end of the week, and boy, what a week that was. I look at it, and I either feel good or I feel terrible. And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God? And I say to God, why is it God that I'm so attached to my money? because we've been trained to be attached to money all since we were embryos. Lent is the special clinic that says, no, let it go. Give generously. Look at what you've received from the Lord and give it back. Hold nothing back, you will receive a hundredfold. But how do we act? You know, Father Richard stands up and says, we're going to build this, we're going to do that. The bishop calls, says, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I write them a check as fast as I can for a little bit so they don't call me and ask me for more, you know? I mean, that's my reaction. How does that make me feel? Empty. 
How does that make me feel? Like I'm playing the Lord. Has he been good to me? Unbelievably. What am I doing? Right? Lent is the special clinic where you and I learn how to adopt this giving, this generosity. How does that feel? It makes us feel awesome. We need to give. And probably the most important one of all, how are you? Most important one of all is prayer. Prayer. I mean, we all pray. I know you do. I'm not here to call anybody out. I have my morning prayer, my evening prayer. I have the prayer whenever I'm behind the person that drives 40 miles an hour on the highway. I have lots of prayer in my life. But God always is saying, Deacon, 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 I need a little time. And I'm just going, hey, I am so busy. Do you realize how busy I am being retired? Right? And, but how do I do that? Why do I do that? It's so foolish. God is trying to give me this clinic of communication, of prayer with the King of Kings himself. And I put him off. So that's the beauty of Lent, and that's why we're here. Lent is not a time of terrible trial. Lent is a time of working out. Lent is a time of learning and guarding and becoming more substantive for the rest of the year. A better lineman. So, that's what Christ is talking to us about today. He's calling us to recognize that even him, like us and always but sin, was tempted terribly with all those things, with food when he was hungry, with power, with the principalities and all the things, and with his very death of his life. Satan will mess with us forever. My brothers and sisters, Satan is real. It's not my job to come up here and bum anybody out, but it is my job to t speak the truth. And this is the truth. There is an archangel named Lucifer. We call him Satan. And he works every moment of every day to try to destroy our faith in the king of kings. You know it, and I know it. There are a lot of people who try to tell us that that's not true, but they're wrong. And I'm here to say that much. Satan has been winning, my brothers and sisters. He's winning, 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 winning. Here's why he's winning. First of all, it's his world. We're going up there, right? This is his world, just like he said to Jesus. Hey, it's all been given to me. I can give it to anybody I want. It's his world. But here's the deal. My brothers and sisters, we don't need to let this fight happen easily. This war should not be a walk in the park. This war should be exactly that, a war of spiritual lives. You and I need to stop letting God and any mention of spirituality be removed from every single aspect of our livelihood. Look what's happened over the years. It's to it is totally out of the school. It's totally out of school. The only chance you can talk about God there is to be able to maybe have some sort of a club. Praise God, that's allowed. But then, you look what's happened in our offices. Look what's happened to corporate America. Corporate America. Monster. Powerful entities. You can't wear a crucifix. You better not talk about Christ. You, you better not have a picture of him in your cubicle or on your Zoom call, God forbid, if Jesus is in the background somewhere. This kind of stuff, what has it done? Satan has canceled, canceled the very lexicon of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the light of the world and the truth for all of us out of our lives because they want, Satan wanted it canceled because you and I live in fear of being canceled if we stand up for truth. My brothers and sisters, this is a time 
This is an opportunity like none I have ever known in my entire 67 years. I lived in 1962 at eight years old. There was a thing, and I'm going to talk at a very high level here intentionally, because I don't intend to make anybody upset who might be a little young. In 1962, there was a thing called the Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm sure they have no idea. That crisis, I didn't understand either at age seven or eight, but I knew my parents were upset. Later on in school, many years later, I learned that we were this close, this close, to having a war that would have possibly, if not probably, destroyed the world. My brothers and sisters, the situation in Ukraine is serious. It is incredibly dangerous, and it is an incredible opportunity for you and I. It's the best one I've ever seen in my 67 years. The missiles that we're talking about this time make the 1962 missiles look like pop guns that you might play with in the backyard. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you one thing. You and I have found the greatest opportunity in the world to talk about Jesus Christ to anybody and everybody we've ever wanted to talk to him about. I'll give you, thank you for that. You just said good. Anyway, um, we really do. We do, and here's why. I called all three of my sons this week. I called all three of them and said, Honey, when was the last time you were at confession? Oh, I don't know, Dad. Uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. Sonny, you've been watching the news? Oh, man, Dad, this is nuts. This is crazy. I'm really, really worried about it. When was the last time you were at confession? Are you ready to be face-to-face with Jesus Christ? Is your soul ready to meet your Creator? You know what he said? Oh, my God, Dad. You're right. Son, you've got to get yourself and your wife, his kids are too young to go to confession, to confession. He said, I'll do it, Dad. I called my second son in Pittsburgh. Same thing. He said... Oh, Dad, absolutely. Thank God for reminding me. I'm worried about this. I said, we we need to be resting in the power of the King of Kings, but we also need to protect our souls and be ready. And so you need to, Danny, you need to tell everybody at work. You need to pass along the, the truth of Jesus Christ to all that you meet. Because who cares, Danny? Who cares? And then here's the other one I called Trevor. Paul, Danny, Trevor, just for those who don't know. Paul, Danny, and Trevor. I said, Trev, when was the last time you were confession? And I heard this long pause, like, oh, here comes the crazy deacon dad, you know. And he said, I don't know, dad, three weeks? I went, yes. Good job, buddy. Good job. He says, why? I heard Ukraine. He goes, oh, yeah, man, that is bad. I said, Get your wife and your kid, your kids are again too young, get your soul prepared for maybe, right? Why is this an opportunity? 
You know what it's like to talk about faith in your environment. It's been stripped away for most of us. Why do we play that game? We play it out of fear that somehow we might be imposing ourselves on someone. If you and I encourage someone to go back to church, if you and I encourage someone to actually go to confession, would we be imposing on them? Who cares? They might do it, and they'll be your best friend for eternity. I told my oldest son, I hope 10 years from now we're sitting down having a beer and laughing about how wound up I was that Sunday. He goes, I do too, Dad, but I'm going to confession. We don't know. We can trust in the glory and the power of God. But my brothers and sisters, I have talked to more people this week about Jesus Christ in a more clear and straight-up manner than I have ever in my life. And you know that blank stare when you say, well, I'm going to Mass because I've really got to pray for Ukraine, and they go, then you get this, not one blank stare. I don't care if they were churched, unchurched, or more practicing than I, all of them have said, praise, you, you need to do it. We need to do that. This is dangerous. My brothers and sisters, like no time in our lives, we have the opportunity to spread the gospel that if you believe, as St. Paul said, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you proclaim it and you do not deny him, you will be saved. And brothers and sisters, in this environment, it's time for us to start taking a little risk. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go do it. May God continue to bless you.